Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 16 of season 2. This week we're studying Matthew chapters 15 through 17 and Mark chapters 7 through 9. And there are several principles that stood out to me in these chapters. Um, but as I was thinking about that, it's just it's interesting how these important lessons uh, took place just in the normal course of events in the Savior's life. Um, and when we examine those events closely, we can find truths that help us guide our lives as well. So it made me wonder what lessons are being taught by our own lives. You know, as we look at the Savior's life more closely, we see all these amazing lessons. Maybe that same thing is happening to us. And if we more closely examine the things that are happening in our lives, maybe we can find lessons that help us along the way too. But let's first look at one of the Savior's teachings in Matthew chapter 16. This is in verses 24 and 25. Now, just a little prelude to this, right before this, the Savior had was telling his disciples of his impending death and resurrection. Peter basically said, Lord, that's never going to happen to you. No, no terrible thing like that should ever happen to you. And Jesus rebuked him strongly, uh, even calling him Satan. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Um, and then went on to teach a powerful lesson. So starting in verse 24, then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And I don't blame Peter. Perhaps Peter thought that the best way through life was the easy way. And so when the Savior was uh, prophesying of these terrible things that would happen to him, he'd say, no, no, Lord, that's don't go that way. Go, go the easy way. Um, but Jesus taught that those, any of those who choose to follow him must take up their cross, which implies a very heavy burden. And then he goes on to say that losing our lives for his sake involves trial and difficulty. It's going to be, it, it's very um, burdensome to follow the Savior and to be his disciple. We have to remember that this life is a test and it is a time to be proven. And that the more effective the test, the more difficult and challenging it's going to be. Elder David A. Bednar of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles taught, Each of us also carries a load. Our individual load is comprised of demands and opportunities, obligations and privileges, afflictions and blessings, and options and constraints. Sometimes we, may, we mistakenly believe that happiness is the absence of a load, but bearing a load is a necessary and essential part of the plan of happiness. That's the end of the quote. Um, so don't despair if your load that you bear is comprised of mental health issues. I think more and more that is going to be common for today's saints. I think these are the types of trials that are going to help us learn to become more like the Savior. All right, let's look at another um, instance here in these chapters. This is Mark chapter 8. It's a miracle of healing. It's found in verses 20 through, to, through 25. It says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit upon his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he, the blind man, looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. 
This is a very interesting account in scripture. And it's one of the few, if not the only account, um, at least that I know of, where the healing took place in stages. So first the blind, the man, the man's blindness was partially healed and he could see people walking around, but he said they kind of looked like trees. He couldn't see them very distinctly. And so then the savior uh, healed him fully after that. Now there's no question that the savior could have healed him completely the first time. He had done that many times before. The savior's power is unlimited. So, so uh, this is not an issue of the savior having to do it twice because he couldn't get it right the first time. The, the question is, why did the savior do it this way this time? Why did he heal this man in stages? And I think one possible explanation is to teach us a lesson that sometimes healing does happen a little bit at a time. And actually in our lives, most of the time, healing happens a little bit at a time. Uh, we usually want healing to happen all at once. Um, but maybe healing over time and in stages has even greater benefits. Remember, the Lord is not only trying to heal our afflictions, but also prepare us to return to his presence. And getting healed physically does not automatically bring with it spiritual growth. So if a person is healed in stages, perhaps she will develop talents of patience and humility. Uh, and those talents will benefit her into the eternities. If your healing process seems to be taking a long time, Try to be patient and look for the reasons why the Lord might be doing this in stages. Now let's look at Mark chapter 9 and another healing miracle. And this is a man who was extreme, who had a child who was extremely afflicted. It said the child would tear at himself, throw, him, throw himself into fires and into waters. Uh, it was likely extremely dis distressing for both the child and his parents. And the man had taken the child to Jesus' disciples who were unable to heal him. So the father brought his son to the Savior. And as the man explains uh, his situation to Jesus, we read in verses 22, starting in verse 22 in Mark chapter 9. And the man says, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe help thou mine unbelief. This is one of my favorite interactions between the Savior and um, one of his spiritual siblings. Uh, this man had enough faith to come to the Savior, but, <laughs> excuse me, but there was doubt there as well. There was belief mixed with unbelief. Um, I love how even though the disciples couldn't heal heal him, he still had the faith to come to the Savior. He could have said, well, it didn't work, and then just kind of gone on hopeless, but he still maintained that faith. And the Lord obviously had compassion on this man, notwithstanding the fact that he came with doubts and he healed his child. I think sometimes we get caught up in the problem of absolutes. We think that if we have doubts, then we don't have faith. If we have depression, then we can't have happiness. If we have anxiety, then we can't have peace. But the truth is most everything is a mixture of two or many things. It is possible to have faith and doubt at the same time. And I'm guessing that those who have anxiety probably have some moments of peace and those with depression have some moments of joy. Now, I'm not um, trying to minimize uh, the experience of those who suffer from depression and anxiety, but to say that it's 100% this way all the time, that's probably unlikely, that there probably are very small moments of peace or very small moments of joy, even in the midst of great mental health issues. Um, 
so I think it's important to try to think in flexible terms and not in rigid absolutes. If someone says, I'm always depressed or I'm always anxious, then I would encourage uh, such individuals to take a very close look at their lives and see if that's true. See if you can find even a small bit of peace or a small bit of joy in the midst of your challenges. And then if you can find those small bits, those, those little times, even if they're just moments on a daily basis where there's a little bit of peace or a little bit of joy, then you can nurture those experiences and help them increase in strength and frequency. Um, if you're new to this podcast, I always end with an invitation to act. And uh, I do this in every podcast. So don't feel overwhelmed that you have to do all of these. Just pick the ones that you think would be best for you that maybe apply to your situation and focus on those. So this week's invitation is I want you to think about one or more of the burdens that you currently bear, and then just simply write down how you think those burdens can help you become like the Savior. I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement this week's and former week's invitations. Uh, to find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter, and you can find that link in the show notes. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, I invite you to do so so you can access new episodes each week. And please share this with people that you think uh, it might bless their lives. I also have a new mental health consultation program where you can view webinars, get insights, and use tools to make progress towards greater mental health. It's called the Keep Moving Forward program. I'm very excited about it. There's a link in the show notes where you can get more information. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.